good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today as it gripped firmly to the promises and the truths of the Word of God? It's what will sustain you. We're talking about one of those great promises even today. Started yesterday reminding, or the last podcast anyway, reminding us of that wonderful, precious, soul-consoling Uh, promise of our Savior Jesus Christ that he's not going to leave us here by ourselves uh, for the rest of eternity, but he's going to come back and receive us to himself. We have been thinking of the second coming of Christ, a great event that happens in two stages, but uh, it's where he comes for his church and then he will come with his church and he will establish his rule and reign on this earth. I am so, the older I get, I'm looking forward to that with so much anticipation. Indeed, that's what scripture says that we are to be doing with that, uh, that, that wonderful promise. Even in chapter, uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 13, uh, the apostle Paul writes to Titus, and I think this is a remarkable thing. This is why I've told you that there is nothing on God's prophetic agenda that has to be fulfilled for Jesus to come back right this very moment. Because the Apostle Paul says to Titus that you are to live your life, yes, living godly, yes, living out the reality of your discipleship, uh, denying ungodliness and your worldly lusts and not being so connected to this world, but instead live soberly. That means with self-control, with live righteously, live different than the world that you live in, uh, live around right now and godly in this present world. And by the way, if, if there hasn't been a change in your life since you made the claim to be a disciple of Jesus, if your old habits and sins and appetites didn't change after you gave your life to Jesus Christ, then I have the authority to tell you you're not saved. Uh, at the very least, if nothing ever changed and there's no fruit in your life, the Bible says by their fruits you will know them. And if something, if things don't change in your life where there is a, is a change towards greater godliness and righteousness and sobriety and holiness, then you're probably not saved. And I want to challenge you today, don't even think for a moment that you are. You may go to church, you may say a prayer every now and then at breakfast, But I want to tell you right now, there are many people, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20 and 21, many people one day when they stand before him will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this, do that, and do the other? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Some of the most sobering passages of scripture in the Bible. I I just cannot help but think that that's going to be staggering to people. He he will say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You who said one thing with your mouth, but you lived something entirely different. We all know that even believers struggle with consistency, but there ought to be a chief flow of your life to be obedient to the living Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying in Titus chapter 2, that the second coming of Christ, that his return Uh, 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 ought to find us growing in our faith, growing in the the, uh, absolute rejection of sin and disobedience against God. And so he said in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great, you know, if the Lord's 
return was not imminent even in those days. Follow me. Then the Apostle Paul was lying. Some people say, well, this has got to be done or that's got to be done before Jesus can return. Folks, the Bible says specifically here that, that the readers of the book of Titus and Titus as a preacher was to be preaching to people to be prepared because the coming of Christ could happen at any moment. That's a fact. That's what the Bible says. But having said all that, I want to set a date right now. I'm going to tell you exactly when Jesus is coming back. Now, are you listening? I want you to write this down. Matter of fact, it's already been written down for you, but I just want to reiterate. I want to give you the exact time Jesus is going to return. You ready? Here it is. When God says to, when the Father says to. Now, that may not be what you were expecting by that, but the fact is that Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36, Jesus our Lord said, concerning that day or hour, no one knows but the Father only. Uh, a Christian knows that faith faces a challenge. We do face a challenge about this in keeping alive uh, this view and this understanding of the coming of Christ and its certainty. We wrestle with, with the unambiguous way that Jesus pronounced his return uh, and, and how it was preached by the apostles with faithfully understanding this puzzling and sometimes difficult biblical teaching on the way he's going to return and the timing that he's going to return. But there are things that we can know today. It is puzzling at times when you read about the second coming. Uh, the Bible even calls it like a thief in the night. That's a little unsettling in itself when you think about it. A thief in the night, meaning it's completely unexpected. Uh, that's a disturbing thought. That, but that's how Jesus himself says that he's going to come again. And in contrast, the Apostle Paul, of course, tells the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, that we are to wait for his son from heaven. It's a deliberate act. We are to live with the reality of that constantly overshadowing our lives. We need to be ready. But how do you expect expectantly wait for something that's unexpected? What a challenge that is. Uh, the, un, the inexplicable nature of the Lord's appearance is it's going to be well, here, here's a compilation of what the Bible describes the second coming is going to be like. It's going to be unique. It's going to be universally visible. It's going to be sudden. It's going to be personal and bodily in appearance. That's just an assembly of some of the passages of Scripture on it. How does one explain that? I mean, which one of us could ever get our mind wrapped around that? And so the reality is, Faith has to grasp that which reason and logic struggle to receive. And so the chronology of events is given to us in the best way that, 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 uh, that the Scripture gives. It's kind of opaque. It's kind of hazy a little bit. But we know that that moment, as a fact, will occur. When will the moment come when the gospel's been preached? Uh, how will the Great Tribulation and all of those things figure into this? Uh, we don't know all the detailed chronology, but this is one thing that we can know for sure, that the truth is the Bible's clarity reveals it's a mystery, but it is, a, it is an event that is absolutely certain to occur. Faith's certain expectation 
of Jesus' return should not lead us to speculation about how and when he will come. Uh, there are people that are notoriously have been date setters down through the centuries, and you can count on it that if somebody says Jesus is going to return on this particular date, that you can just mark that one off your calendar because it won't happen then. It'll happen when the father says, Son, go, get your bride, and then reclaim your kingdom and be the king of all the earth. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's let it galvanize our faith. Let's let it strengthen our faith. It keeps alive that wonderful personal admonition from the Lord that 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 will change your life. It's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. The average person blinks 12 times a minute and one blink lasts a third of a second. Yet in the blink of an eye, all believers will be changed. That's an astounding thing when I think about it. And not only that, mortality will be swallowed up in immortality. Uh, a complete victory will be won, and you'll get to enjoy that forever. So we reflect on that even today. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Revelation twenty-two seventeen, and let the one who hears say, come. And so we say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. God bless you today. Live in the reality of that. Remember that your victory is secured in Jesus Christ. You're a blood-bought child of God. You belong to him. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus himself said, I'm coming to receive you to myself. God bless you. Live expectantly. Live hopefully.